morning, good afternoon, or good evening. And how are you today? Welcome to the latest chapter in the saga we call the Man Cave Huddle. I'm your host, Greg. And in today's episode, with the football season now upon us, we can talk about the gridiron. We can talk about cleats, helmets, first downs, missed field goals, pass interference, challenging plays that had transpired. But before we do any of that, well, in this episode, I'm going to stick to one topic. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to stick to one topic. One mister, or I should say a, re- a receiver, formerly of the Oakland Raiders, spent his college years Central Michigan. One Mr. Antonio Brown, also known as A.B. He says A.B. can stand for afterburner. Uh, Mr. Big Chess, NBC, or Ronald Ocean. Some of the names that he goes by. I'm going to call him Top 5, Dead or Alive. Well, I should say dead or alive because there are a lot of dead receivers that are good, but he's a top five receiver in the NFL presently. So let me catch you. Let, let, let me get you up to speed. So he was on the Pittsburgh Steelers, one of the most prestigious franchises that you could play for in the NFL. Didn't get along with the quarterback, Ben Roethlisberger, and pretty much worked his way into being traded to the Oakland Raiders. Upon being on the Oakland Raiders, He got into some cryotherapy situations where he almost, where he frostbit his feet to where he couldn't practice over the summer. Then he had issues with his helmet, continued to miss practices, walkthroughs. And then upon the completion of summer camp was given fines for not attending these practices or walkthroughs and refused to pay them. Got into an argument, cursed out his GM. The GM said, you are suspended for the first game of the season. In essence, what we are doing is voiding your 29 million, 29 M's. We're voiding that deal because you will not be on the day one active roster. So AB continues to go berserk. Friday before the game. He has a phone call with the head coach that he posts on social media with a video that was produced. This wasn't some cell phone. This was, we're going to put this into our movies and edit this, okay? And then a couple hours after that, he gets released. Then a couple days, maybe a couple hours after that, or I should say a couple hours after that, he was released in the morning by the evening, He had another job. He was a, you guessed it by now, New England Patriot. Now, a lot of people are upset. A lot of people are saying, how could the Patriots do this? How could the NFL allow this? What's going on? I just have a couple questions that I want to ask to create a conversation, stir up some thought. At me, Man Cave Huddle, on Twitter, we could chop it up. For those of you who personally know me and you want to 
reach out to me personally. You could do that too. And we could chop it up. Because this is these are some thoughts that I've really been going back and forth with in my head. Because I wanted to do this the day it all happened. But I really wanted to take my time and think about it. And one of the couple ideas that has been passing through my head is, was this his plan the entire time? And I'm talking about Antonio Brown. Was A.B.'s plan the entire time was he got traded to the Oakland Raiders. And apparently teams that were interested in him were the New York Jets, the Philadelphia Eagles, the New England Patriots, and the Oakland Raiders. The Oakland Raiders were willing to give him the most money. The Steelers did not want to trade him in conference, which makes absolute sense because they didn't want to deal with what they might have to deal with now is that they might have to face Antonio Brown in the postseason if the Steelers qualify. So they traded him across the country to the Oakland Raiders. And was it AB's plan the entire time to say, I don't want to play for this team, so let me say I'm going to retire if I don't get the helmet that I want? I can't, if he burnt his feet or frostbit his feet on purpose, you got to appreciate the passion and the depth that he went through to frostbite, to get frostbite on his feet to get himself out of Oakland. But cursing out the GM, not showing up to meetings, not wanting to pay the fines, it worked. And the thing is, you have to ask yourself, is there a little bit of genius or should I say LeBronish type behavior in how A.B., took hold of the narrative and was able to control it. Because when you think about great players, you think about the legacy that they leave, how did they change the game, and when you think of that player, what do you think of that player when they played? Tom Brady, love him and hate him. You're going to say, I hate him, but he won. For all my New York fans, you're going to think of Eli Manning as... Look, he didn't have a lot of good seasons, but for two years, he really was special. When you think of Michael Jordan, 6-0 in the championship round. When you think of Kobe Bryant, he won five chips. When you think of LeBron James, you think of how he empowered the players to take control of their own destiny and no longer left the power in ownership's hands. What I mean by that is you're seeing a ton of players signing these short-term deals, getting as much money as they can, and the teams are like, oh, you don't want to think you don't want to stay here for a long time? No, because I'm gonna play with my buddy in two years if you guys aren't doing what I want you to do. And it feels as though A B did that in this case. Because if you think about it, right? The Patriots have reportedly signed Antonio Brown to a $15 million contract for this season, which means, in essence, nine of those $15 million are guaranteed. So the other $6 million are incentives. You know, it's um, missing practices, missing meetings, stat-driven um, incentives, bonuses if you hit certain plateaus, play up, things of that nature for $6 million. But another plot twist to this whole deal is, is that 
the Patriots are giving AB a $20 million option for 2020. So meaning this year he's getting $9 million. And if he opts in, which I'm sure the Patriots have protected themselves with a ton of poison pills in that if you let alone fought and it doesn't smell good, we could void the contract. You know what I'm saying? I'm thinking it's $20 million, but you need to be on your very best behavior. I'm talking about did you brush your teeth this morning? Contract voided. That's how far. But think about it in this term. He got $29 million voided from the, from the Oakland Raiders. If he behaves himself for the next two years, he basically got his $29 million back. And if he plays to his potential, he can earn up to $6 more million. Right? Now, when you say playing up to his potential, let's look at his numbers for when he's been in the league. He's been in the league since 2010. He only played in nine games. He really wasn't that much of a productive player in his rookie season. He was more so a kick returner guy. Year two, 1,108 yards, two touchdowns. Okay. Year three, uh, 787 uh, yards, played in only 13 games. Now, this is when he started blowing up in 2013. Okay. 110 receptions, 1499 yards, ATD. 2014, 129 receptions led the league, 1698 yards, 13 1698 yards which led the league, 13 touchdowns. 2015, 136 receptions led the league, 1834 yards, 10 touchdowns. 2016, 106 receptions, 1284 yards, 12 touchdowns. 2017, 101 receptions, 1,533 yards, which led the NFL, nine touchdowns. 2018, last year, 104 receptions, 1,297 yards, 15 touchdowns, which led the NFL. So when it comes to incentives and whether or not he's going to meet whatever the Patriots have out there, he's led the league in receptions. He's led the league in yards. He's led the league in touchdowns. He is one of the best receivers in the NFL. I mean, we could talk about the be- who's the best. You know, it's kind of like Nas, Biggie, and, and, and uh, Jay-Z, right? Is it Julio? Is it Odell? Or is it Antonio? And let's not forget DeAndre Hopkins. And how dare we forget about Mr. Thigpen on the Minnesota Vikings. And you sit there and say, what? Look at the numbers. And what about our buddy on the Tampa Bay? But that, let's get back to the topic. Okay? Back to the topic. Now, could this be part of the genius plan that AB had? The release of the phone call that he had with head coach John Gruden which was a private phone call where John Gruden is pretty much telling him to cut the crap and let's play football. He released the audio of that phone call and covered the audio with a well-edited video. And 
upon him becoming a Patriot, he had tons of pictures of him photoshopped wearing an 84 in a Patriot uniform. Now, is AB really that tech savvy to be ready with all that drop of a dime? Because there are reports out there that he sought advice from social media consultants. And those social media people probably said, look, you really need to sit, go out there and start trolling. Do this. Put it out there so everybody knows what's going on. Okay, now that you're with the Patriots, we need to let everybody know that you're with the Patriots. We're going to sit that we're going to sit there and put these photo job photoshopped pictures out there. I don't know. Right? Maybe this was his plan all along. I mean, look, AB is a jerk. That's a lot of people's opinion. He's an a-hole. He's an SOB. But there's two things that I know. He's in a production-oriented industry, and he produces. Proof is in the pudding. Men lie, women lie, but numbers don't. And the numbers that he's put up over the past couple of years lead me to believe that that's why the Patriots took a chance on him. Because when you look at the New England Patriots, it's like they're playing chess and we're playing Pac-Man. You know what I'm saying? Because they get players where they have certain boxes and if you check those boxes, they don't care about all the other stuff. They know they can fix that or they can work around that. They want to know, are you tough? Are you smart? A smart football player. Does, do you really care about football? Is this something that you want to do or are you just doing it because you're nice so you could get paid and you could have a nice life while you're in the league? And do you give 100% effort? Do you work hard? When you look at all the players on the Patriots, they check those boxes. And yeah, you get players that have other issues, but they have a culture set in place to where... I would describe it as you are, it's like you get a real job for the first time in your life. That first time where you get like a real job. And when I say a real job, I mean a real job where you could actually live by yourself, pay for all the bills, support yourself, get insurance, and you deposited money into a 401k, real job. Now, you know when you got that part-time job, you could kind of show up when you want, or you could say, act however you want. But when you got that real job, you show up and everybody's like, good morning, good morning, good morning, how are you? Good morning. And you're like, whoa, whoa, this is a different culture. It's kind of like, imagine you've been going to, um, let's say, public school your whole life and then your freshman year of high school you decide you, you, your parents decide to send you to catholic school and you show up the first day like yo what's up everybody's like that's not how we do it here and you're like whoa okay or well, what about if you're an immigrant and not coming to america but let's say you decide to leave america and you go to another country and let's say it's not even a Caribbean country or South American country. Let's say you go to like Europe or something like that. 
You go to like Poland, Russia, Ukraine. You're going to be like, wow, the culture here is different. And what are you going to do? You're either going to fall in line and move like how everybody else moves so you can get to where you need to go or you're going to get left behind. And the New England Patriots, along with Bill Belichick, have created a culture where they police themselves to where it's like, look, we about winning Super Bowls. That's a distraction. We don't listen to the noise. This is what we do, period. And the thing that I love about the Patriots is that once they realize they've made a mistake, they let you go, right? Albert Hainsworth, Randy Moss, Jamie Collins, all good players, some of them best at their position at that point in time. Or if you want too much money out of the Patriots and they say, this is how much we're willing to pay you, and that's it, all right, it was a pleasure having you on the team. Because those are the boxes they don't check. Money, you're not going to get that box checked. They're not going to pay you, but you're going to get a ring. And then you go to another team, and that's when you get paid. Ask Trey Flowers, defensive end on the, D- on the Detroit Lions. Look up his contract and see who he got. So what I'm saying to you is, is that when A.B. comes into that locker room and Tom Brady looks at him, Julian Edelman looks at him, you have uh, the McCourty twins look at You have a ton of guys sitting there looking at him like, look, you don't have a Super Bowl ring. Let us show you what you need to do to get a Super Bowl ring. Well, A.B. did this and A.B. does that. Okay. Josh Gordon's been suspended for how many times? Unfortunately, last year, he fell off the wagon. But since he's been a Patriot, he hasn't done anything. Corey Dillon. Randy Moss for one year, but they went to the Super Bowl in one year, and we all know who they lost to in Super Bowl 42. Shout out to the Giants. But I'm saying, they get players that when you're there, you fall in line. And could you imagine they get this production and... Demarius Thomas is, oh, no, he's not because he was traded to the New York Jets for a six-round draft pick. Hell of a couple days that the Patriots have had. They not only acquired as a free agent just to add to their roster, they've swapped out Demarius Thomas, who they got a six-round draft pick for, where knowing the Patriots, they'll flip that into a fifth-round pick, package that up, move up into the second round, and draft a great player. But anyway... So they basically swapped out Demarius Thomas to enter in Antonio Brown and got a draft pick on top of it. When I tell you they're playing chess, I mean, they are eating chicken parmesan and all we're eating is like a hamburger with no cheese. I'm telling you, every move that they make is so well thought out. It's like, what am I getting? Even if it's... A seventh round pick. We got to get something. And they always get something. So now you have Julian Edelman, Antonio Brown, Sonny Michelle, Rex Burkhead, Philip Dorsett, White. And people were talking about, oh, they're going to miss Rob Gronkowski. How are they going to replace that? <laughs> now they're just not going to pass to the tight end anymore. I mean, this isn't the rich get richer. This is the rich just got disrespectful. And you look around and say, it's not fair. 
Look, when you're dealing in business, everybody knows there's some type of cheating that's taking place. But the Patriots, they do what they have to do and probably look at it like if we get caught and we get fined or whatever the punishment is, that's just the tax we have to pay on the next Super Bowl we're going to win. That has to be, and that probably is their mentality because that's the mentality in the business world. If we get caught, it's just a tax on top of us making billions. So fine, I'll pay a $50 million fine knowing that this deal's going to net me $80 billion. I mean, th- those are pretty much my thoughts on what has happened with Antonio Brown. And what has transpired with him going to the New England Patriots. But the thing is this. Will NFL players begin looking at the model set up by a LeBron James? Where he created a super team and had Bosch follow him and play in Miami. And then went back to Cleveland and had Kevin Love play with him. And then went to the Lakers and made it so that... A.D. Anthony Davis played with him. So, I mean, are the NFL players going to start following that mold and want to play with each other and have super teams? Football is different than basketball. Basketball, you skill set is more valuable, whereas in the NFL, you got 11 guys. So, it doesn't matter how great one player is if everybody doesn't do their job it doesn't matter we're in the nba if you got one great player a lot of guys could mess up and it's okay i mean our nfl players and they need to be of a certain caliber are they gonna force their way out of deals to do what they want in terms of you know what what if the next great player wants out and signs a short-term deal so he can play with his buddy in a chance at winning the Super Bowl? Because right now, it's looking like the Patriots are that destination. They're like Costco. One-stop shopping. I'd like a Super Bowl. I'd like to change my image. And I want to get paid after playing with you guys. One-stop shopping. And this is not unheard of. Getting... Talking your way out of a team. Remember Martellus Bennett, former Dallas Cowboy tight end, former Giants tight end, then went to the Packers, talked his way out of the Packers, got released, said I was going to retire or just release me. Then the next year, he wound up signing with the New England Patriots and won that Super Bowl with Atlanta, had a key possession or a pass interference call on the touchdown drive which made it, I think, either won the game or sent it into overtime, and then he retired after that. So this whole good or great players forcing their way out of a situation to get themselves in a better one, A, it's not unheard of. And mark my words, I wouldn't be surprised if in the future you start hearing of players grumbling. Maybe beyond the holding out, they'll do like a Le'Veon Bell and say, look, Franchise me if you want. I'm not playing with you. So release me or trade me. Le'Veon Bell got out. I don't know if he got the money that he wanted, but he got out of Dodge. 
And I don't really have a problem with players controlling their narrative, playing where they want to play, making the money that, that they want to make. Their careers are so short. Because you could all sit there and say, yeah, but this, a yeah, but that. But you know what? If, let's say hypothetically, great players were to come to your franchise and over a span of like three to four years, you won a couple of chips, you going to say no to that? Because I know as a Giants fan, we're one of the worst teams in the league right now. But you know what? In my adult life, I could rest knowing that I had Super Bowl 42 and 46. Yeah, it hurts to see them lose every weekend, but I could watch those DVDs to see when my boys beat Tom Brady. Not once, we wanted some more. And we came and beat him again and beat him twice. Why do... And I'm going to end it with this. In the words of the, the, the great head coach, Mr. Edwards, who used to head coach the Jets, you play to win the game. Hello? I mean, what's so difficult about that? You play to win. If you didn't play to win and you just played to be nice, you wouldn't play for championships and you wouldn't be playing for rings. You would just be playing for stats and we could just sit here and brag. Because it seems as though nowadays with all these lists and all these comparisons and every player nowadays being the greatest that's ever lived, I think we need to start having a separate category. In all sports, two categories should be a great player in that skill set wise, this player is better than another. Is he the most talented player? That's what it should be. Is he the most talented player you've ever seen? Because talent is skill set and natural born ability. And then is this a great player where he may not be the best, he may not have the most skills, but he's consistent and he's a winner. And you know what? I want winners. I don't want guys that are going to sit there and give me great stats and in the championship game, don't show up. If you had to sit there and drag yourself into the playoffs, I don't care. Because if I know my team has a legit shot at winning a championship, that's what I want as a fan. We could talk about, oh yeah, this guy's better than him because he could do that. Great. But I think that's where in the realm of sports now, we need to fall back and think about it. Because the greatest debate right now is, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to get started again in the NBA, Jordan or LeBron. Let's keep it real. Talent-wise, LeBron James is a more skilled and talented player than Michael Jordan. We, can, we, we see that and we know that. But Michael Jordan is a better player than LeBron James. Why? Because Michael Jordan wins chips. That's why we play the game. Anybody got a problem with that? You know where to reach me at. I'll be more than happy to not argue to argue, but conversate so we could come to a common ground of understanding. Like I do with every episode, your positive quote is something that Bruce Lee said. Defeat is a state of mind. 
No one has ever been defeated until defeat has been accepted as a reality. And I bet you AB read that plenty of times. Because <laughs> after he got cut, everybody was laughing like, see, he's a sucker. He lost. And he didn't accept that because he knew his reality was going to be a lot more fruitful. Defeat is a state of mind. No one is ever defeated until defeat has been accepted as a reality. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye, everybody.